Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today, as always. We are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Radio. So, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alright, today is a big old Sunday. Not too big, but, you know, decently big Sunday out here. Uh, we're going to continue on with our NFL Draft Prospect of the Day. We are on day 58 of that 73 NFL Day countdown. We're going to be looking at uh, Greg Newsom, cornerback from Northwestern today, seeing what that man's all about. Um, and then breaking down the NBA from last night, doing a moneymaker for tonight's action. We went to uh, two and two in our moneymaker from yesterday. Unfortunately, I mean the Nets. I mean, come on. I mean, can we not buy this Nets team without James Harden? Because that's what it's looking like. I mean, James Harden wasn't having these problems, ejecting problems, you know, losing to the Lakers problems without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, but, you know, whatever, whatever. Y'all want to still keep, you know. <laughs> sucking Kyrie that's fine I get it he's a great player but man oh man sometimes man most of the time truly I just cannot I just cannot with Kyrie sometimes and last night was one of those times getting ejected not winning the game not even being in the lead before he got ejected it's just uh, it's a it's a mess over there with the Nets without James Harden truly um so we got that today on the show and then um you know just a couple of stories a little light here on the stories you know a typical Sunday so let's just start the show here here we go whoa that wasn't it <laughs> this is what I wanted to show where is it forgot to actually click on the tweet here it is Alrighty. So, um, imagine the Cowboys offense with Kyle Pitts, and yeah, I'm kind of about it. I'm kind of about this Cowboys offense if they drafted tight end Kyle Pitts. So, this is what it would be looking like if they did that. They Obviously, Dak Prescott's the quarterback, obviously. Zeke Elliott's still the running back, but then you got Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and then Kyle Pitts at the tight end position. Those are all kind of all A1, Tier 1 pass catchers out there. Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb's been absolutely great as uh, uh, what is he, two years in, one year? Yeah, two years in, I think. Um, and then Michael Gallup, a reliable number three. And then you've got that big, old, strong, fast, catching tight end of Kyle Pitts, who we are absolutely in love with here at Takes by Fans. Easily going to be the first tight end drafted in this in this draft this year. I mean, hands down, no doubt. Uh, definitely mirroring what kind of... Um, Darren Waller has been doing all last season for the uh, for the Raiders. I mean, just being kind of their primary ball catcher there over there in Las Vegas. So he can definitely get it done. Kyle Pitts, I'm I'm loving I'm loving what I'm seeing already, and I'm definitely hoping he can kind of live up to all the hype because it is kind of a lot of hype around this man. So can the Cowboys get Kyle Pitts? Now that's the next question. Yeah, we love Kyle Pitts with this kind of offense, but can he fall down to where the Cowboys are drafting? Alrighty, so here is the first round. He's easily going to go first round. So let's see what we got here. Jacksonville Jaguars picking number one are obviously getting Trevor Lawrence. The Jets are getting a quarterback. Which one? We're still not really sure. 49ers, same thing. We know they're getting a quarterback. Whichever one the Jets don't choose, that's going to be the one that the 49ers get. And now this is kind of where we get into some uncharted territory. The Falcons here at number four. They are keeping uh, Matt Ryan. They have their two wide receivers. Julio Jones and um, 
Calvin Ridley, uh, very good out there. Um, you know, not a really great running game at the current moment. We saw that they just tried to kind of revive uh, Todd Gurley a little bit. That didn't work too great. Uh, so we'll see if he's going to kind of be their prim- he's if he's going to be their primary back this year, or maybe they get somebody at number four. I mean, they've got their pick of the crop here at running back if that's what they want to do. Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, they can get whichever one they want. So and then we've also heard the Falcons trading back from that number four spot. So maybe if the Cowboys truly want Kyle Pitts they can go up and get him at number four so let's just kind of keep a big old question mark here at number four Kyle Pitts could go to the Falcons. I mean, they could use a good old catching tight end to kind of get that offense absolutely magnificent, or maybe they shore up their offensive line because, I mean, Matt Ryan's having no time to throw back there, so potential of Kyle Pitts at number four. Um, Cincinnati Bengals at number five. We just heard the general manager say, hey, we can get offensive line talent later in this draft, so expect them to go and get a nice kind of feature back or a nice wide receiver. Um, We know they just lost um, A.J. Green officially, no longer with the Bengals, so uh, you know, they could be getting a weapon of, you know, Devontae Smith, Lamar Chase, so uh, the Bengals getting a tight end at five is potential, but I think they're going to go with another kind of big kind of name here, wide receiver or running back. The Dolphins at number six are definitely getting a wide receiver or a running back. I think we're going to go and get Devontae Smith if he's there, but I don't see the Dolphins taking Kyle Pitts at number six. All right, the Lions now, I mean, they got, uh, who was that, uh, Hawkinson? Uh, What's their tight end? Um, Yeah, TJ Hawkinson. I think he had a pretty good year last year. I think he had like 700 yards receiving. Yeah, 726, six touchdowns. So don't think they're kind of going to go for a tight end there at number seven. The Panthers at number eight, they don't really have a tight end, but their offense is still pretty good, pretty solid. We just saw them bring in Sam Darnold. And I think the Carolina Panthers are going to kind of really go heavy defensively in this draft. I think they're fine offensively, um, especially kind of Matt Rules thinking, hey, we're getting a new quarterback. That's kind of really going to shore up our offense in his mind. Not in my mind. I still think Teddy Bridgewater's got it done. But they still got, you know, Christian McCaffrey coming back. They've got some nice wide receiver sales. So I think Carolina is going to focus defensive end of the ball here in the first round. So I don't see Kyle Pitts going to Carolina at number eight. And then we only have the Denver Broncos at number nine and they got Noah fans. So I don't really see them getting Kyle Pitts. They can and be a great duo. Absolutely. But I think they'll go at it in a different direction here at number nine. And then there's the Cowboys at number 10 for Kyle Pitts. So the really only teams that they have to really worry about are the Falcons at four. And that's really it. I mean, the Falcons are really the only top 10 team here I see in the draft that really could go and get a tight end compared to, you know, all this other great talent on the offensive side of the ball, which I think most of these teams in the top 10 are going to go towards the wide receivers and the uh, running backs, not really the tight end. So it could happen, folks. Kyle Pitts to the to the Cowboys and then it's just going to be up to Mike McCarthy if he's able to kind of be a good coach on this team because this is an absolute stacked roster. It was an absolute stacked roster last season, but then Dak went down, Andy Dalton couldn't even be serviceable and Ezekiel Elliott really just went ghost mode the entire season. So <clears throat> Hopefully that doesn't happen next season. And if they get Kyle Pitts, there is no excuses for them to at least win the NFC East and then really get to really the NFC Championship game. I mean, come on. Look at this roster. Look at this explosive offensive roster. It would be amazing to see. 
Alrighty, next story up. Alrighty, Kadarius Tony. He's an NFL draft prospect here, wide receiver from Florida, and we loved what we saw from him. We already kind of broke him down in our NFL draft prospect of the day, um, and we loved his speed. He's got great speed, and he's kind of a little bit of a weeble wobble out there. You cannot bring this man down unless you've got like four guys tackling him. So if you're only going to bring one guy to tackle him, he's going to break it. Shoulder tackles, arm tackles, shoestring tackles. He's going to be able to break all of that and stay on his feet and then burn you for the rest of, you know, the 40, 50 yards that, you know, is between him and the end zone that he will go and capitalize. So we love this man. He's a great talent. De definitely in kind of the second tier of wide receiver talent in this year's draft. Obviously, you know, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell even, you know, those are the top tier wide receivers. And I think we can definitely put Kadarius Tony in probably that second tier. Absolutely. Probably, you know, top of the line, front of the line, top or second tier. Uh, but here we go. Kadarius Tony said last week he can throw the ball 80 or 90 yards. Obviously, absolutely insane for a quarterback, let alone a freaking wide receiver. So, and we know, you know, in the NFL, you, you get, you know, uh, these these passes like this one right here, these kind of fakes of, you know, the quarterback hands it off or tosses it to the wide receiver, and then he comes back across the opposite side of the field and throws the ball downfield. We saw that all the time. We see it all the time. I mean, there's at least every single season there's at least one time of we hear oh did you know this this wide receiver used to play quarterback in college and he could still throw the ball watch out for a trick play I mean we see I think what Danny Amendola is that right Am I getting the right uh, the right guy there, that right kind of slot receiver, Danny Amendola, I think, um, that, you know, has been, you know, throwing the ball, and we've seen him do the fakes here. So here it is, Kadarius Tony's play here. He's launching this from about the 20-yard line, getting it all the way down to, like, the 35 on the other side. Let's kind of double down here on a yard marker. Is that 15? Uh, well, let's call it the 20. Let's say he throws this one from the 20. It may actually be the – is that the 10? Is that the gosh darn ten he's throwing it from? Man, oh man. Is that the 10 all the way down to the 35-yard line? Is that 10 down to the 35-yard line? That is 40, that is 55 yards clean, folks. Oh my god, and he's a wide receiver. So yeah, if he says he can throw the ball 80 or 90 yards, who who are who is us to, to say he's lying when he just launched this absolute bomb right here? So not only is this man an absolute great wide receiver, but then he's got that great ball throwing skill as well to kind of capitalize on those fakes that we that we do and will see every single season in the NFL I mean we see plays like this time and time again and if Kadarius Tony can do this that just elevates his own draft stock and we're big on him now we've already been kind of big on him but if he's got this talent as well that just opens up all these possibilities absolutely so whichever team kind of gets this man you got kind of a gadget guy as well as he's kind of a sure solid wide receiver out there as well so Kadarius Tony elevating his draft stock this man can throw the ball too and he's got some great talent at the wide receiver position too so we'll see where he goes in the draft if he's a first rounder but uh, yeah definitely a great pickup here if you're in the need for a wide receiver 
Alrighty, we got a uh, little article here about the best teams, the best fits for Richard Sherman, and they list the Raiders, the Cowboys, and the Jets. All right, we're not going to go too deep. The only reason I want to bring this up is because they do put the Jets in this conversation, and I really think we have to start expecting that to not happen. I mean, when Robert Sala first got that Jets job, that was when we should have seen him go and get Richard Sherman. They've been together. Richard Sherman's no longer with the 49ers. So, you know, he's available to go wherever he wants and sign which whatever team, whichever team he wants. So the more time goes by that Robert Sala is not signing Richard Sherman, it's throwing up big red flags to me. How is Robert Sala, his first time getting a head coaching job, not immediately going after and getting, you know, great talent here in Richard Sherman because they've been playing together. So that just tells me that Robert Sala is not truly impressed with Richard Sherman and doesn't really want him on his roster, which is not great. When you're a first time head coach, you need to go. Go and get players and coaches that you can a thousand percent believe in because you don't get that many opportunities as a head coach in this league. I mean, ask Todd Bowles. I don't think he'll he'll get another shot because of that kind of poor performance with the Jets. And I'm not blaming it all on Todd Bowles. I'm just saying that that happened. He was with the Jets. He was the head coach. They did not fare well. That's unfortunate, truly. But then he went to back to being just a defensive coordinator and winning the Super Bowl. So he could still coach. I'm not saying that. He's just he's not a good head coach. So you don't get that many opportunities to kind of prove that you're a good head coach in this league. So you need to go and get players that you can truly trust and truly count on because they are kind of, um, you know, in kind of charge of whether you stay as a head coach or not. Because if you're not winning in the NFL as a head coach, unfortunately, we're going to try and get a head coach that can and will win in this league. So it's, it just throws up so many red flags that Richard Sherman has not already been picked up by Robert Sala and the Jets here. So I think we have to start kind of, you know, counting out the Jets that they're not going to sign him. Now, we can still wait till the draft. We still have the draft, um, you know, so maybe Robert Sala's looking to get cornerbacks in the draft. But Richard Sherman would still bring a veteran leadership presence to this very, very young, new, not knowing what a win is Jets team when they're going to have to get a a rookie quarterback as well so you don't even have Sam Darnold who's kind of been there and like yeah I can kind of show you the ropes for one year maybe easier transition as the, at the head coaching position a little bit no you don't really have that and they've got nothing they've got no great talent on that Jets team you know coming from last season to this season with Robert Sala coming in as the head coach of the season so it's just real weird and Richard Sherman was praising the Jets as soon as Robert Sala got there kind of even before Robert Sala got there because I think he knew that's where Robert Sala was going to go and get signed. And he was talking it up. He was telling free agents to come over with the Jets with him. He was like, yeah, I think I, I he was basically like at the beginning before, you know, he didn't get signed by the Jets. Richard Sherman was talking like, yeah, you know, come here with me with the Jets. I, I know I'm not signed there yet, but I know I'm going there. I know Robert Sala. Come on, me and, Robo, me and Robert, we go way back. We go way back with those 49ers teams. Come on, he's gonna, he's obviously going to take me, guys. So join me when I get there to the Jets and join me with the Jets to these free agents that never signed with the Jets. <laughs> he was telling Deshaun Watson or Russell, Russell Wilson, hey, come to the Jets and let's get this thing going. But, you know, we know there. Well, we know Russell 
Russell Wilson's not going to leave Seattle, but we still don't know what the heck's going on with Deshaun Watson there with all those sexual assault allegations. Um, but yeah, man, it's just truly unfortunate. Maybe Richard Sherman has truly lost that stat from the Legion of Boom days, which would just be truly kind of crushing. And we know it is kind of hard to maintain consistent, solid, great success here in this league. Um, you know, uh, all these quarterbacks being great for, you know, 15, 10 to 15 year stretches are truly outliers out here. Uh, it's truly hard to kind of maintain the, like the best at a position for more than like two seasons straight. It is truly kind of wild, especially in this cornerback position. We see, you know, turn or turn around and great seasons, but then, you know, really falling off hard. Malcolm Butler had one good game. One good game and really can't be solid anywhere else. The Titans just let that man go. Um, Richard Sherman with the Legion of Boom, that was really it, and we haven't really heard too much of him since really that point. So, it is hard to kind of maintain success in this league, especially at the cornerback position. The, we see we see big-name corners. We just saw Stephon Gilmore. You know, he's kind of the new Richard Sherman, if you will. So, We'll see where he goes. Raiders, Cowboys. Now, if he goes to the Raiders, hopefully he can kind of, you know, elevate that defensive team a little bit because they are just truly not good in the back half of the seasons uh, under John Gruden. And then for the Cowboys, I mean, their defense, uh, not very good last year. Definitely could maybe be a little bit better with Richard Sherman, but it's not a good fit over there. I mean, I hate their I, – I hate – Mike McCarthy as a coach, I will say that. I do not care. He is not a good coach, in my opinion. He underperformed with Aaron Rodgers, and then that kind of all those allegations of him getting massages while the team was practicing. I mean, it just truly turns me off, and especially this season with the Cowboys, after Dak Prescott went down, um, even kind of before Dak Prescott went down, there was really just nothing, no urgency in that locker room. Nobody kind of performing at the level that we've seen them perform at, because Mike McCarthy's not elevating them or not getting getting them coached right to prepare for a game. And then after Dak Prescott went down, it's just like, all right, we, we, let's pack it up. We, we're done for the season. Zeke Elliott didn't do anything the entire season. Mike McCarthy couldn't coach up Andy Dalton. Come on, he's been in this league. He knows what it is to be a starter in this league with great weapons around him. I mean, and you still couldn't get him to win you the division with, with the division winner being only seven wins. Come on. So if he goes to the Cowboys, they're instantly they're still going to be trash. The Jets don't look to want to kind of pick him up, and the Raiders. I mean, I'm not a big fan of their coach either. So I truly think it may be a little unfortunate for Richard Sherman here. He may have to kind of just kind of not get a lot of money. Maybe kind of settle for a very very fraction of amount of money. Maybe join a, a championship contender. Maybe, but. Man, oh man, him not getting picked up by Robert Sala right now, big red flags. We'll see what happens after the draft, you know, after, you know, what is it, um, like May 2nd, I think that's when the draft ends. After that, we'll start to see a lot more other kind of veterans get signed because, you know, let's see what we can do in the draft, and if we can't get into the draft, then we'll fill it through the veterans out here, but uh, I still would have thought Richard or Robert Sala, this would have been his initial signing. As soon as Robert Sala got signed to the Jets head coach, he would have been like, alright, get, get Sherman on the phone. Let's get him here. Let's get him done. Let's kind of, you know, start talking about next season. Let's start having him recruit some players, and let's just get his input as well because I respect him as a player on and off the field because I've worked with them, but we haven't seen that. So, all right, we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be interesting, but um, I don't think he's going to the Jets anymore, man, truly. All righty, and then the last story to talk about, the Chris Paul effect. Yes, mother-loving sir. I freaking love Chris Paul. CP3 point guard. Yes, sir. C point, C3 pointer. Yes, sir. Let's get it. So, 
Alrighty, the Chris Paul effect, the record comparisons with his last four teams. We start with the Clippers, 32 and 50 the season before he got there, and then they go 40 and 26. Now, he did underperform very much with the Clippers in the kind of playoff scenarios, never getting to the Western Conference Finals, um, getting to like the semis, I think only once, kind of losing in the first round, never anything great there. And, you know, with Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, I mean, that was kind of, you know, an OG big three, if you will. Blake Griffin was great back then. If y'all don't know OG Blake Griffin, uh, if you only know this new Pistons or Nets Blake Griffin, that's not the BG that, you know, was. Um, so underperformed a little bit in the playoffs there with the Clippers, but still improved the team overall. Then he goes to the Rockets, who was, you know, 55 and 27 with James Harden before he even got there. And then he was still able to elevate that team to a 65 and 17 record, 8 plus 10, just with Chris Paul, even though they had James Harden on that team. And then he goes to the Thunder. Well, once again, he kind of underperforms a little bit with that Rockets team in the postseason. Truly unfortunate. Then he goes to the Thunder. They're 49 and 33, elevates them to 44 and 28. That was kind of, you know, the bubble season. And they got to the second round of the playoffs there. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, and that team literally had nothing. And Chris Paul, I mean, it had Shea Gillis Alexander and Lugan Stort. I mean, truly nothing. We can call that. Shea Gillis Alexander is good. I get it, folks. Do not come at me. I know there's a lot of SGA stands out there, and I get he's very good. But come on, at the end of the day, we're talking about, you know, uh, was he a rookie at that point? You know, first year and you know, one year experience, whatever it was. Let's you know, it's Chris Paul doing a lot of the work out there, facilitating the floor. So got them into the playoffs, and I believe won the first round. And then he goes to the Suns this season, really just kind of getting it done as well. The season before, last season, they went 34-39. and 39, And already at this season, they've got 36 wins, 15 losses. Already two more wins from the season before Chris Paul got there, even though the season, we still got a third of the season left. So he can get, the, he can get it done. He's a true facilitator out there on the floor. Everybody really buys in. He's a great leader, obviously, you know, talking up all these other role players, especially on the, that Thunder team last season. And that's truly the most impressive right here of these four teams right here. This Thunder team of what he did with that Thunder team is the best thing. And then he's kind of carrying that over to the Suns and they've got even better players, more consistent, better kind of superstar-esque players than that Thunder team had. DeAndre Suns have DeAndre Ayton and um, Devin Booker, obviously, and uh, they're just getting it done in every facet of the game over there. So love what Chris Paul is doing. An absolute great player out here. He just needs to kind of get it done in the postseason. That's the only knock left on Chris Paul. He does not have a ring this year. Let's see if he can do it because time is running out. Unfortunately, super teams are being built, and Chris Paul is on this this Suns team, which is very good. Very you know second in the West, about to compete for that first first overall seed in the West for home home court throughout. Um, but uh, man, oh man, the man's great. The man is great. We will leave it at that. The man is truly mother-loving great. I love it. Uh, so we'll see what he can do. He's got to get it done in the playoffs, though. That's what we have to see. Got to get it done in the playoffs. This year, it's it's, it's really it, it, it's championship or bust for Chris Paul through here on out. So we'll see what he can do. Maybe at really kind of the tail end of his career, he kind of goes into a Rondo role coming off the bench and just going to a competitor. But I want to see him be a real main reason why they win the ring, not just kind of a kind of a backup role. So Chris Paul, got to win the ring this season. Got to get it done. 
Alrighty, those are all the stories we needed to cover from last night. So let's head over to the NBA. We'll break down all the games, do the moneymaker for tonight's action. Then we'll head over to our NFL Draft Prospect of the Day, looking at Greg Newsom, cornerback of Northwestern. So let's start here. Every game was a blowout from last night, folks. Every single one. And we called some of them. Um, we took the Jazz minus 12. We took the Suns minus 12. And they both get it done. But then we also took the Nets minus 10.5, and, and we'll get to that game. But, uh, man, oh, man, truly disappointing there. But let's start here with the Raptors and the Cavs and Gary Trent Jr. Holy moly, is he having instant success here with the Raptors? We see that, you know, he feels wanted here with the Raptors. He's getting it done here for the Raptors. So uh, Raptors may have won the trade a little bit against the, uh, the Blazers because the Blazers still cannot win with C.J. McCollum. Maybe they got rid of the wrong person. Maybe they traded away the wrong person. We've really really seen Damian Lillard really kind of struggle to win games. He still has good performances, but they don't really win the games that they need to when CJ McCollum's on the on the floor. Now, when CJ McCollum was out all this season and Gary Trent Jr. was in the starting lineup, they were winning games. They were like the fourth seed in the West at one point without CJ McCollum. And then C.J. McCollum comes back. They lose against the Bucks, the Jazz, and the Clippers. And they fall down to the sixth seed here. So they don't really win the big games with C.J. McCollum. So maybe maybe the Blazers traded the wrong person. Now, would they have? could you have still gotten Norman Powell for C.J. McCollum? I would think so. I would think so. Uh, but it seems like maybe the Raptors won this trade a little bit. So let's start here with the Raptors. Still no Fred Van Vliet and still no Pascal Siakam. And they still get the win. Still no Kyle Lowry, and they still get the win. So very, very great game here by Gary Trent Jr. and uh, company. So let's start here with Malachi Flynn stepping up in place of Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet at the starting point guard position. So Malachi Finn, a great game, 20 points, 11 assists, 2 rebounds on 2 of 3 from 3, and 57% from the field. A great night. But who had an even better night? Gary Mother Loving Jr., folks. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., 44 points, 4 assists, 7 rebounds on 7 of 9 of 3, and 89% overall from the field on 19 shots. His only shots missed were 2 3-pointers. Absolutely deadly from the freaking field, folks. Very well done to get it done, Gary Trent Jr., Man, oh man, he's stepping up, and now I'm 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 about this Raptors team. Once kind of Siakam and Fred VanVleet and Kyle Lowry all get healthy and are consistently back in this starting lineup, having Gary Trent Jr. be kind of that fourth or fifth option that they need, I'm all about it. So hey, the Raptors and Nick Nurse, they may still be in this thing, folks. At the end of the season, watch out for them. If they get into that playing tournament, they could be a little bit lethal. They could possibly try and pull a little bit of an upset. Whether they get the 7th or 8th seed, it would be hard against the Nets or the 76ers, but I'm not going to count out this Raptors fight, and I'm not going to count out this Raptors magic just yet that they've been rocking with these last three seasons, but uh, Gary Trent Jr. is getting it done absolutely fantastic. Alrighty, let's uh, finish off this Raptors team here. Chris Boucher at the 5, 9 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. OG Ananubi at the 4, 15 points, 5 rebounds. Great night, 3 of 6 from 3. And then DeAndre Bembry at the 4, 13 points and 4 rebounds. All great there. And we even got a decent bench contributor out here, Yutuna, or Yuta Watanabe, getting it done here off the bench. Absolutely fantastic. Especially with all these kind of players out, he's kind of being that solid, um, reliable piece off the bench. So I think this is like back-to-back -back games of having 10-plus points for the man. So fantastic. Having 14 points, 5 rebounds off the bench and only 22 
22 minutes, shooting 85% and two of two from three. So absolutely great here by this Raptors team. We can start buying them a lot more now. All right, let's talk about the Cavs now. They put up 115 points. Colin Sexton, Darius Garland getting it done, doing what they do. Unfortunately, still no Jared Allen, but here we go. Uh, Darius Garland, 19 points, 8 assists on 41% shooting, 3 of 7 from 3. Colin Sexton, 29 points, 5 assists, 1 of 3 from 3, and 50% overall from the field. Kevin Love at the 5, 18 points, 3 rebounds. Already not terrible. Dean Wade at the 4, um, 14 points, 6 rebounds. And then Isaac Okuru at the 3, 2 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. So uh, decent here by the starters. Everybody kind of in 10-plus point category territory besides Isaac Okuru but then off the bench we get Teron Prince 10 points and uh, Isaiah Hartenstein 12 points 6 assists 8 rebounds great night by him in 25 minutes getting it really all done and he was a plus one on the floor the only player here plus one or in, in the plus in a big old blowout loss a 20 point loss so Raptors very well done Gary Trent Jr. is getting it done Raptors win 135-115 over the Cavs all right, let's go to the, the freaking team that broke my heart last night, the Nets, man. I mean, I can't trust Kyrie Irving. I don't care what y'all say, and I will not be bolded anymore. Kyrie Irving is a great talent. Nobody is doubting that he can be clutch in the finals. We've seen that. He hit the big shot, but man, oh man, this man's kind of God complex is absolutely out of control, man. Uh, he's. I don't really see any leadership with this man on the floor. Once again, he's a great player, and just because he's a great player, he thinks he can kind of do and say whatever he wants, and... I guess you can because you're a, 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 you know, a multi-millionaire and you've won a ring before. So I guess you can and just kind of, you know, be like, oh, well, if you hate against me, if you talk bad about me, then you're just a hater and whatever. And I don't need you. Why do I care about your opinion? Yeah, I guess you could say all that. Nobody's stopping you from that. But you just kind of look very annoying. Like, I feel like if I met Kyrie Irving, I would just kind of be annoyed by him. Just kind of his 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 overall kind of how he puts himself out there just seems annoying. And I, I know he's great with the charity. I get folks. I get it. Do y'all not understand? I get it. But still at the end of the day, some people are just annoying folks. Some people just are. Everything about them is just annoying. Yes. They're great at basketball. Yes. They're, you know, great in their communities. Yes. They're giving back, but their personality it's still just annoying, folks. That's not. It's a. It is a little bit of a knock, but still, at the end of the day, it's it's something, folks. And I don't want to knock this man just purely on basketball skills because I can't. The man's fantastic. But something about this man, every time I see a story about him and, you know, he's just kind of, you know, talking back to everybody and talking down, thinking that he's, you know, better than literally every single person out here because he's a millionaire, because he's good at basketball, I'm just like... That's real annoying. <laughs> That's all it is. It's just annoying. But he's a great basketball player. I'm not knocking his skills out there on the court. But his leadership I do knock. And his annoyingness I will knock as well. But So, Lakers. They faced the Lakers last night with just Andre Drummond. Not even Kyle Kuzma. I don't think Kyle Kuzma played this game. He didn't. I mean, come on. You, you lose against the Lakers team that had no LeBron, no Anthony Davis, no Kyle Kuzma, just Andre Drummond and Dennis Schroeder? Come on. There's no reason for this Nets team to lose and to lose by 25 and to lose at home. I mean, come on. 
Man, man, James Harden's MVP case is made right here. Him alone on the floor can get it done, but Kyrie and Kevin Durant can't because Kyrie wants to get ejected for a bad call and then just hawking on that ref for the bad call till he gets ejected. I mean, once again, just annoying. Not a leader out here. You know your team needs you. You weren't even really winning the game when you were even on the floor before you got ejected. So what was up with that, man? Swallow the tongue. Swallow your pride at some point. To kind of be that better leader out there. LeBron James does it. You don't see LeBron James getting ejected from games when they're losing. And, you know, LeBron James gets it done, man. LeBron James will be the only person on the floor that's good or even... Uh, thought of being good and he will get it done. We've seen him carry trash to the finals time and time and time again. He carried, well, do I dare say this? He carried Kyrie to the finals. Kyrie helped in the finals, but you know, maybe a little bit of a carry there to get him to the finals because, because we saw Kyrie with the Cavs without LeBron James, 30 wins. 30 wins, 30 wins, Kyrie. That's what Kyrie does by himself. That's the leadership of Kyrie Irving, 30 wins. And if you think that's good, all right, but uh, you're not going to win a ring, and I'm all about here. I'm all about rings over here. So that's the Kyrie Irving rant of the day because every time something happens, it just resets me up because I everybody defends him on Twitter. And fine, defend him. I, I truly don't care. But at the end of the day, it's just like, do y'all not see how annoying that this man is most of the time? Like, uh, ugh, ugh. Kyrie Irving stands. I'm sorry. You're some of the most annoying people out there. Um, but let's keep it up here. Let's keep it going. Let's talk about the game last night. Let's start here with the Lakers since they won the game. Absolutely wild. It was the spread was Nets minus 10 and a half. This Lakers team on the road with literally nobody good. Nobody consistently good out here. And they get the win. So let's talk about it. Here we go. We will start with the Lakers. Alrighty. Dennis Schroeder, 19 points, four assists, three or four from three. Fantastic. 63% overall. He's starting to really kind of step it up here. Um, you know, he's kind of taken all the games um, that LeBron James and Anthony Davis hasn't been in to really kind of get to this point, but he's here finally, and he's kind of been a little consistent here this last maybe week of games for this Lakers team. So let's give it up for Dennis Schroeder getting it done out here. Uh, KCP, 14 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds. He shot 4 of 6 from 3, 50% overall from the field. Not terrible. We'll give it to him. Andre Drummond, yes, sir. 20 points, 11 rebounds. Great night. Markeith Morris putting up 14 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals. Yes, sir. And then Taylor Horton Tucker, yes, sir. Back-to-back -back some good games out here by this man. 14 points, 11 assists. Didn't shoot well. 25% from the field, 2 of 5 from 3. Just decent, but I'll take those 11 assists and 3 steals. Getting it done defensively, yes, sir. Um, already the bench now three solid players in 10 plus points territory out here uh, Alfonso McKinney getting it done 10 points nine rebounds how many games has this man even played in all season yes sir getting it done Montrezl Harold all reliable out here yes sir 10 points eight rebounds getting it done and then Ben Backlamore I mean 17 points yes sir on 50% shooting newly acquired Benny uh, so getting it done absolutely love it Lakers a huge great win over this Nets team and man, oh man, I'm glad that we dropped down the Nets in our power rankings from number one to number two and put the Nuggets up at number one because there's no reason why this Nets team should have lost last night. You won't be able to change my mind. So let's talk about it. Kyrie Irving only playing 20 minutes before he got ejected. 18 points, four rebounds, no assists. 
No assists in 20 minutes? James Harden doesn't do that. Getting other players involved. Once again, Kyrie Irving, yes, you're a great talent, but you have points cannot, you're not going to go and score 140 points by yourself. It's just, it's not even going to happen. Will Chamberlain only put up 100. I mean, you're not better than Will Chamberlain. All right, so Kyrie Irving, you know, getting no assists out here, getting the other players not involved, that's not what James Harden does. And we saw James Harden win. He was winning without Kyrie Irving on the floor, but Kyrie Irving can't win without James Harden, man. So, and he had Kevin Durant. Damn. All right, but here we go. Kyrie Irving, 18 points, four rebounds. He shot two of five from three, 54%. I mean, a decent shooting night. I mean, this is what he does out here. But man, oh man, those no assists, getting ejected, not the greatest. All right, Joe Harris didn't even have a good game. And when was the last time Joe Harris did not have a good game? It was never when James Harden was in the starting lineup, all right? So Joe Harris out here struggling because Kyrie Irving cannot facilitate the floor as well as James Harden does. Joe Harris, six points, three assists, four rebounds, and he shot 0 of 4 from 3. I don't think that's ever happened in his entire career going 0 of 4 from 3. But Kyrie Irving's on the floor. I mean, folks, this is causation and correlation, both. <laughs> um, LaMarcus Aldridge, 12 points, three rebounds, two assists. He's got to step it up a little bit more here. I uh, don't know if he's a great starter coming off the bench, maybe a little bit better. Um, maybe just, uh, maybe, I know DeAndre Jordan didn't play this game, but maybe just kind of live and die by DeAndre Jordan in that starting lineup. But we'll see how that shakes out, you know. Um, once everything kind of, you know, settles in here of the starting lineup, once everybody's healthy and they have their pick of their starting rotations. Jeff Green, six points, two assists, three rebounds. And Kevin Durant, 22 points, five assists, seven rebounds. Nothing great there. One of four from three, 47% overall. He did lead the team in scoring, but getting nobody else involved is the major kind of downfall of this Nets team without James Harden on the floor. And then off the bench, we didn't even get anything that great. Uh, the leading scores were Nicholas Claxton, who I am a big fan of. He got it done, seven points, five rebounds, and only 14 minutes off the bench. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and then Timothy Loawe Cabaret, seven points, two rebounds off the bench in nine minutes. So uh, the bench couldn't get it done. Truly unfortunate. And uh, Kyrie Irving got ejected. So the Nets, man, the Nets. All right, let's keep going here. Next game up, 76ers and the Thunder. And um, 76ers get the win here. Big old, what do we got? 17, 24-point win here for this 76ers team. Back on track. We saw them flounder their last game, but they got back on track here. Nice blowout win against a team that they should have blown out, the Thunder. So here we go, the 76ers. Seth Curry, all righty, moving the starting lineup a little bit because we see no, who did not play this game? Danny Green and Tobias Harris both didn't play this game, and they still win. Oh, I love it. All right, so this was the starting lineup that they used. Seth Curry at the one, Ben Simmons at the two, Matisse Dybul at the three, Firkin Korkmaz at the four, and then Joel Embiid still at the five. So Seth Curry at the one. Did he play any better from the one to the two here? Not really. <laughs> 11 points, six assists, four rebounds, one of five from three, 45% overall. Classic Seth Curry game, I would say. So moving him, having him kind of be the facilitator on the floor did not work too well. Ben Simmons kind of went down a little bit in production. 13 points, three assists, three rebounds. So definitely the switch of Ben Simmons and Seth Curry does not work. Uh, Joel Embiid, 27 points, four assists, nine rebounds. Ferkman Korkmaz, yes, sir, stepping it up. This is what Tobias Harris does. I mean, 20 points, five steals. Oh, my gosh. Two assists, four rebounds. Very good. Four of ten from three. And then Matisse Dybul doing the, his best Danny Green impression out here. Three points, three steals, three rebounds, no assists, one of two from the three. Those were his only shots all taken all game. Alrighty, so decent there by the starters. Um, you know, 
Joel Embiid, Kirk Ma- Korkmaz getting it done with 20 plus points out there. And then, you know, the bench still got it done. Love seeing that. Shake Milton, 12 points, 2 assists, 2 rebounds. And uh, Mike Scott, 13 points, 2 rebounds as well. And Dwight Howard coming in with the 3 points, but 13 rebounds in only 14 minutes. Absolutely love it, man. Dwight Howard getting it done. And like we said, this 76ers team is really kind of deep, man. You move Matisse Dybiel, Ferkman Korkmaz up into that starting lineup, and you still have two players on the bench getting you 10 plus points in Shake Milton and Mike Scott, and then Dwight Howard, obviously, with the 13 rebounds. So they are deep, folks. Two of their bench players have to go up to the starting position, and they still get it done off the bench. Absolutely magnificent. Alrighty, we could go through this Thunder team very quickly. As we said, you know, no Shea Gales Alexander. Lugan Stortz was back in the starting lineup here, going at the two, um, not the three here. But uh, he had 15 points, five rebounds. He shot two of four from three and 50% overall. I mean, he really thrives a lot better than he, um, at the at the two than at the three. Um, so, he, you know, second leading scorer here at the two. Uh, Theo Melendon there at the number one, eight points, five assists. He shot very poorly, 27% from the field. Moses Brown still at the five, six points, six rebounds. Darius Baisley, the leading scorer there at the four, 17 points, five assists, nine rebounds. Kind of a great game. Three or four from three, 58% overall from the field. And then uh, Puko, man, oh, man, he had two great games, got noticed on social media, and then floundering hard here. He he didn't only play eight minutes, so that's probably why. But zero points, 0 of 2 shooting, three rebounds in eight minutes. Alrighty, and then off the bench, anything great here? Tony Bradley, look at this man get it done. 16 points, 14 rebounds off the bench. I'll give it to him. And then uh, Ty Jerome off the bench, 12 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. Just unfortunately going against one of the best teams in this league without your best player. That's going to be bound for a loss there. So 76ers get the big old win, 117-93 over the Thunder. Alrighty, next game up, Jazz Kings, and we took this one, Jazz minus 12, and they win by 16, so thank you, Jazz, for taking that big spread and winning the game and covering the spread, unlike the Nets, bomp, bomp. Um, so here we go, let's start here with the Jazz. Um, everybody was good to go for this game, yes. Alrighty, so here we go. Mike Connolly, 26 points, 4 assists, 6 rebounds, great night by him, 5 of 10 from 3, very well done. Donovan Mitchell, 42 points, one block, one seal, four assists, three rebounds. He shot three of 12 from three and 38% overall, but he got to the line 17 times, put up 42 points. Yes, sir. Rudy Gobert, six points, 11 rebounds. Royce O'Neal, five points, 14 rebounds. And then Bojan Bogdanovich, eight points, six rebounds on 25% shooting. Not the greatest. 0-4 from three as well. Uh, but Donovan Mitchell, Mike Connolly, both able to really get it done there for the starters. And then look at this bench. No Jordan Clarkson still, and they're still able to get the win. Joe Ingles, 20 points, 6 assists, 3 rebounds. Georges Niang, 12 points, 2 rebounds. So the bench still got it done. A little light without Jordan Clarkson. Donovan Mitchell has a great game, and they're able to beat this Kings team. I mean, this Kings team doesn't show us anything great. We don't like their head coach. They've got some nice shooters out here, but they really rely on them all being on. And unfortunately, they play no defense. So... Let's talk about the Kings really quickly. De'Aaron Fox, 30 points, 8 assists. I mean, what a, I mean, De'Aaron Fox, what a stud out here. Truly unfortunate that he's on the Kings, the worst team in this league, the most non, um, 
the most, uh, they're just nothing. I mean, when was the last time you heard about the Kings? Probably because of De'Aaron Fox, honestly. He's the only relevant person on this team. Buddy Heald is good, too. I don't want to clown Buddy Heald, but he takes a lot of threes and really relies on making the majority of them of having a good game, kind of like this one. 19 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. Great night, but 4 of 13 from 3. I mean, this man takes, he only shoots threes, basically. But you know what, Grayson Allen type it works with uh, it works with a Grizzly, so it shouldn't it shouldn't not work here with the Kings. And this Kings team still has a decent roster, a decent starting five. I mean, Darren Fox, Buddy Heald, Raquan Holmes, Marquise Harkless, and Harrison Barnes. I mean, these aren't big names. Darren Fox is Harrison Barnes been this, in this league for you know a long time. These aren't you know you know Donovan Mitchells and you know. Rudy Gobert's and Jokic's and all that, Seth Curry's, you know, these are kind of all second tier-ish, possibly even third-ish. I would put Raquan Holmes as maybe, you know, tier three big. Um, but, you know, he still kind of gets it done. He had a 25-point night, 10-rebound night last night on 76% shooting, so... It's just something about this Kings team. They, they, they've got no problem with the offense. It's the coaching and the defense, man, truly. Uh, but let's start, I mean, let's finish off these starters here. I mean, this was actually a real great night by this starting lineup. And it usually is. This starting lineup usually does get it done. They are just a little lackluster off the bench. And like we said, they are lackluster defensively. I mean, De'Aaron Fox put up 30 points and was still a minus 26 in a 16-point loss. I mean, that's really not great. Um, so let's finish off these starters here. Maurice Harkless, 11 points, 8 rebounds, 3 of 6 from 3. Very well done. Harrison Barnes, 11 points, 2 assists, 6 rebounds. He shot 1 of 6. Not great, but 44% uh, overall. And then just one great or just one decent bench contributor out here, Tyrese Halliburton, their rookie, uh, 13 points, 3 rebounds. So Jazz get the win. Um, kind of shorthanded with no Jordan Clarkson, but uh, they still get the win. So very well done to the Jazz. Alrighty, next matchup up, the Rockets and the Warriors. And I think we may have to fade the Rockets a little bit. I do kind of want to buy them, but man, oh man, they cannot win games. And John Wall was in the starting lineup and played 36 minutes. And you lose against the Warriors, who have no depth, so... Little unfortunate there. So we took the Rockets plus eight and a half. We thought it was good value, and they lose by fourteen points. Not great. So let's start here with the Warriors. Steph Curry, yes, sir, practicing what he preaches on a nightly basis. So that's why you know I love Steph Curry so much, man. Truly a great shooter. Absolutely can get it done. Um, you know, always consistent, always doing his part. Just unfortunate. I mean, this Warriors team is truly lackluster in the scoring department, man. Uh, but here we go. Steph Curry, 38 points, 5 assists, 8 rebounds, 8 of 15 from 3, 61% overall. Kent Bazemore in uh, place of, um, what's his name? What's his name? We don't even like this man. Um, damn, why am I forgetting that man's name? Where is he at? Um, the, the shooting guard for the Warriors. I'm blanking on him. We clown him a lot because he doesn't really step it up as much as he kind of needs to. He needs to be that Clay Thompson to Steph Curry's Curry, uh, but he doesn't. <laughs> but he doesn't do that. Oh, man. Damn, well, I'm blanking on it, so let's just keep going here. Kent Bazemore filling in for, you know, that guy. Nine points, seven rebounds, four assists. I mean, didn't play great. I mean, didn't do as good as the other guy usually does on a consistent basis. James, James Wiseman left this game early, so truly unfortunate for him. Only playing six minutes, six points, one rebound. 
Draymond Green, two points, seven assists, seven rebounds, and then Andrew Wiggins stepping it up. Love to see this. 25 points, three assists, six rebounds, one to five from three, but then 52% overall from the field. Uh, Jordan Poole fills in for the starting five here. 21 points, 4 assists, 3 steals with 25 minutes. And then uh, McCall Mulder, 10 points off the bench as well. So the Warriors got it done. Steph Curry got it done. A great night by Andrew Wiggins. Love to see it. And then Jordan Poole steps up in the in lieu of James Wiseman getting injured. All right, let's go to the Rockets now. Where did they flounder? What happened to them? All right, so let's start with Kevin Porter Jr. First, didn't have a great game. His probably first bad game. With the Rockets, can we say that? Nine points, four assists, five rebounds on one of six from three and 30% overall from the field. John Wall had a pretty good game out here. 30 points, seven assists, two rebounds, five of seven from three. Magnificent, 57% from the field. That's what we're talking about. Christian Wood still had a good game. 18 points, three assists, seven rebounds. Kelly Olenek, 18 points, 11 rebounds, two of five from three. Uh, Deshaun Tate, seven points, 11 rebounds. So not terrible there by the starters. Uh, Could have used a little bit more scoring from Deshaun Tate and Kevin Porter Jr. Unfortunately, they didn't get any great bench production. They did have DJ Augustine with 19 points and 6 assists. That was real good. But then besides him, the leading scorer off the bench was Avery Bradley with 3 points and DJ Wilson with 3 points. So just couldn't get the, the bench scoring to get it done for this Rockets team. And a little lackluster from Kevin Porter Jr. ruins the Rockets plus 8.5. Truly unfortunate. So, Warriors getting another win here. Love to see it. I think they're on a two-game winning streak. I'm always down. Oh, no. oh man, what? We, uh, we got to refresh this. When was the last time we, we refreshed this? Uh, Warriors are on a one-game winning streak. All right. So, we definitely love to see this uh, team in the playing tournament. I mean, whenever I can see Steph Curry play, I'm going to take that. So, <clears throat> we'll love to see them still in the top 10 here, and they are for the playing tournament. Alrighty, moving on to the Suns and the Wizards, and the Suns get the win. Very well done. Getting back on track here. Losing against the Clippers really lit a fire under them to really blow out the the Wizards, 134-106. to So a big 28-point win here for the Suns. Chris Paul, 13 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds. Devin Booker, 27 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds. DeAndre Ayton, 14 points, 10 rebounds. Jay Crowder, 11 points. McCall Bridges, 15 points, 3 rebounds. And then their badge, Cameron Payne, 14 points, 7 assists. Cameron Johnson, 12 points, 4 rebounds. And Javon Carter, 14 points, 6 rebounds. So three players all in 10-plus points off the bench. That's exactly what we're mother-loving talking about, baby. Um, and then let's shout out Torrey Craig because I'm a big fan of his as well. Uh, coming off the bench in only 14 minutes, three points, two assists, four rebounds, a plus six on the floor. Yes, sir. So they still get it done. They can get it done defensively off the bench. They can get it done offensively off the bench. And their starters, we all know their starters. Come on now. So Suns, absolutely magnificent. Great win here. All right, let's talk about the Wizards now. Now, no Bradley Beal, unfortunate. So Russell Westbrook has to do it all himself. 17 points, 4 assists, 11 rebounds, 0-4 from 3, and 35% overall from Russell Westbrook. So not a great game. Five turnovers as well, not the greatest. And then nobody else really steps up that much. I mean, Raul Neto had a great game, 24 points, led the team in scoring. But besides him, I mean, we get Alex Len back to not great game, 6 points, 3 rebounds. Rui Hachimura, 
6.7 rebounds. Denny Avidaje, 9.6 rebounds. Just nothing really great there. And they didn't have Davis Burton. So that's kind of, you know, their third best player on this team. Third best score. But Bradley Beal out. Davis Burton's out. Definitely no reason why this team wins. Ish Smith, leading scorer off the bench, had 12.6 rebounds, but really nothing else. This this Wizards team does not have great scores, especially when Bradley Beal is not there, and Bradley Beal is usually not really there. I mean, he's really kind of 50-50 in. Game in, game out, game in, game out. So, Russell Westbrook trying his damnedest out here, and I respect the hell out of him for it, but um, not going not gonna, to not gonna win. <laughs> You're just not going to win. That's really it. Alright, and then the last game of the night, finally, the Blazers get back on track, a game that they should win, so I'll give it up for them a little bit, winning when they're supposed to. So let's start here with the Blazers, Damian Lillard, 27 points, 10 assists, yes sir, 3 rebounds to go along with that, 4 of 8 from 3, fantastic. CJ McCollum, 26 points, 3 assists, 4 rebounds. He shot 3 of 8 from 3. Ennis Cantor, oh, are y'all ready for this man's game? Holy moly. 24 points, 30 rebounds. 30 rebounds this man had. 12 of those offensive. Absolutely tremendous game. The Pistons only had 38 rebounds total. Ennis Cantor had 30 himself, all right? <laughs> Absolutely crazy. I love it. Love Ennis Cantor so much. Get it done, big fella. Yes, sir. All right, Robert Covington, only three points. And uh, Norman Powell only putting up nine points. Did not shoot well at all. 20% from the field, one of five from three. So, But uh, fortunately, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Ennis Cantor all really got it done. All putting up 24-plus points. Love it. And then off the bench, Carmelo, 11 points, four rebounds. Not bad. He shot pretty decent, two of three from three, 44% overall. Nasir Little put up uh, 11 points off the bench. Derek Jones Jr. just getting it done defensively off the bench in 17 minutes. Only put up five points and four rebounds, but he was also a plus 13 there off the uh, on the floor. So just a little uh, no Nurchich, no problem. Ennis Cantor steps up big time. I think I kind of want Nurchich coming off the bench, honestly. I think Ennis Cantor um, really should just be the starter here because he's been so he's been the starter basically because Nurchich has been out the entire season. So having Nurchich come off the bench I think maybe a little bit better and then Derek Jones Jr. man I gotta start to see him do something off this bench he's disappointing me so freaking much man just step up your game do something give us those rebounds get us those assists get us those points I know he's a good defender but you gotta do something else on the floor than just be than just be a good defender that does not work in this league man so Derek Jones Jr. let's get it done a little bit better please do something. Do something in the stat column. All right. Um, the Pistons now. We get... Um, uh, What's-his-face did not play in this game for the Pistons, their best guy, Jeremy Grant. So unfortunate there. So let's see who steps up in place of him. Josh Jackson leading scorer, 21 points, and that's basically who steps up. Sadiq Bey goes from the 3 to the 4 to replace for... 
Jeremy Grant and Josh Jackson goes up to the three to replace Sadiq Bay, who replaced Jeremy Grant. So Josh Jackson, 21 points, three rebounds, two assists, five of six from three. I'll give it to him. Uh, Sadiq Bay, 14 points, six rebounds. All righty, two of eight from three. Not the greatest. Uh, Mason Plumley, 8.6 rebounds. Nothing great. Corey Joseph, only four points, eight assists. Dennis Smith Jr., four points, three assists. So really nothing great here by the starters, which we are definitely accustomed to. They had two good bench contributions out here. Frank Jackson, 17 points, 4 rebounds off the bench. And uh, Seiko Dumboya, 11 points, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 1 assist, and 3 rebounds. Alrighty. Yes, sir. Get it done. A plus 2 on the floor in 22 minutes. We'll take it. Alrighty. But, you know, just all in all, nothing great from this Pistons team. Nothing consistent from this Pistons team. Classic Pistons team. Alrighty, before we move on to our moneymaker for tonight's action, we have to go and award some points in our MVP race in six men of the year. You get minus five to a plus five, two points for a win, minus two points for a loss, and then we move you accordingly according to your performance. And that's kind of how we're deciding the MVP in six men of the year at the back third of this season. Whoever has the most points when the season's over. That's who we're going to give those awards to. So, uh, Giannis did not play last night. Bucks did not play, so we don't have to worry about him. Harden did not play last night, but his team did. So, you get minus three for not playing. Uh, we do penalize you for not playing. We need we need our winners to be playing games, be the reason why they're winning. So, James Harden minus three, but of how poor that, that Nets team did with him not on the floor, I'm going to give Harden a point. So, we're going to give him plus one. For Kyrie getting ejected, them losing, not even being competitive against the Lakers, still not beating that Lakers when they were all on the floor together uh, before Kyrie Irving got ejected. James Harden doesn't do that, folks. He elevates players around him. And Joe Harris only having, what did we say, six points? James Harden was never let that go. Would never let that happen. So I'm giving James Harden a point, even though he did not play last night. Alrighty, Damian Lillard, his team did play last night, so let's go to him. They get the win. We'll start him off with two points there, and then 27 points, 10 assists. Very well done. Obviously, did not get as many rebounds as Ennis Cantor, but leading score for the squad, leading assister for the squad, leading plus-minus for the squad at a plus-20, so... I'll give him three points there, uh, give him an extra point, so the two points for the win, an extra point for his performance, so he goes up to three points now. And then Jokic and the Nuggets did not play, so we don't have to worry about them. So uh, we still have Jokic as our leading front runner of MVP with 10 points, Joel Embiid in second with 6 points, and then Lillard in third with 3 points. All right, let's go to the six-man uh, competition now. Montrez Harold did play last night, so let's get this Lakers team up. They get the win, so we start them up at two points there. Um, he had 10 points off the bench, eight rebounds, really a great night. He was a plus five on the floor, just compared to everybody else, just kind of, you know, just mad, just really average out there. So we'll give him the two and only two because everybody had a great night out here. So, uh, very well done for Matros Harold. I'm not going to take anything away from this man, but, uh, just kind of compared to everybody else, just kind of, you know, average. So we'll give him the two points there. No knock, no knock there. Uh, so he goes up to eight points. Jordan Clarkson. Alrighty, the Jazz did play last night, but he did not. So we have to give him minus three for that. So now Jordan Clarkson going to minus four points here. Got a lot of ground to make up. All right, Tim Hardaway Jr. did not play last night. And same thing with Thaddeus Young. Those Their teams did not play last night. So our sixth man of the year so far is still Tim Hardaway Jr., man. 
with nine points. Loving what he's doing for that uh, Mavs team. Solid, consistent scoring for the bench, which is exactly what the Mavs need because they're fine with the starters with, you know, Luka Doncic and Krista Porzingis. But coming off the bench, they need somebody else. That's why they got J.J. Redick, but he hasn't been playing. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been getting it done. So, um, alrighty. So that is up to date. So now let's see what's on tap today in the NBA. We do have a game tipping off, I believe, at 110. It does say 1 o'clock, but usually 1 o'clock games start off at 110. So we should be able to get that in our moneymaker if we choose to pick that game. It is Hawks and the Hornets. Um, then we get 3 o'clock, Nuggets, Celtics. That's going to be absolutely fantastic. Watch that game if you can. Pelicans, Cavs, Bucks, Magic, Raptors, Knicks, Spurs, Mavericks, Pacers, Grizzlies, Bulls, Timberwolves, Pistons, Clippers, Blazers heat at 10 o'clock. Ooh, that's going to be a good one, too. Blazers need to win that game. All right. If they don't win that game, I'm done talking about Damian Lillard, and I'm done talking about the Blazers for the rest of the season. All right? I don't want that to happen. Trust me. I love that team, and I love Damian Lillard, but man, oh, man, uh, you got to start beating some teams. Please, please do that. All right. Here we go. Let's uh, get these lines up to date. We went 2-2 two and two yesterday. Unfortunately, the Nets really just gave it to us that was the one uh we were truly wrong about the rockets but man oh man that one again with that nets game man Kyrie irving man oh man Alrighty, let's get these lines up to date. They are now up to date. So here we go. First matchup up, taping off at 110. Here it is. Hawks, Hornets. Hawks plus two and a half. Hornets minus two and a half. Alrighty. This spread is not making sense. So I'm assuming like Clint Capella and um, Trey Young are all not playing. So let's see what we get here. Danilo Gallinari is out. Tony Snell is out. Chris Dunn is out. John Collins is out. Trey Young is out. Cam Reddish is out. What the hell is going on here? Um, and then for the Hornets, just the usual suspects of Gordon. Hayward, Malik Monk, and LaMelo Ball. So we'll stay away from this one. Hopefully the Hornets win. Um, I can root for this Hornets team now that, you know, Trey Young is not playing. So it's going to come down to Lemon Pepper Lou and Clint Compella. But, uh, yeah, man, I want I want to see this Hornets team just stay in the playoffs, man. They've worked for it. Um, unfortunately, injuries have really plagued them this last two weeks. But um, I'm rooting for the Hornets tonight. But we will stay away from it. Um, Hawks plus two and a half without all their players. I'm not going to take that. That's just not smart. Um, so we will stay away from it. Alrighty, then we go to the Celtics and the Nuggets. Okay, Celtics plus seven, Nuggets minus seven. Let's see who's all good to go. Evan Fournier is still out. Jalen Brown is a game-time decision, and Jason Tatum is a game-time decision. Now for the Nuggets, Jamal Murray is just a game-time decision, and they do kind of desperately need him to play, honestly. Um, so let's go to our Fantasy Labs. Let's see if we get any concrete information on uh, this Nuggets-Celtics game alrighty what do we get I just really want to know about Jamal Murray that's really it if Jamal Murray's in, I'm taking that minus seven because, once again, they're going to have no bench scoring. Now, the Nuggets don't have that bench scoring, but they have the players to put up the scoring if they need to. The Celtics, their players, they just don't score because they're that bad. The Nuggets players don't score because they don't get a lot of minutes playing and they're, you know, that they just don't shoot a lot. They don't got, like, a lot of shooting guards off the bench. So, whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I'm trusting this Nuggets team. We just put them number one in our power rankings. They're on this big old, what do we got now? Eight game winning streak. 
Eight-game winning streak, 9-1 and one in their last 10. Let's ride this Nuggets train, folks. I'm all about it. Celtics are going to be lackluster off the bench, folks. No Evan Fournier. Come on. They have nobody off the bench now. Uh, so Jason Tatum is once again going to have to put up 50-plus points. I'm telling y'all, him and Jalen Brown, when there's nobody else to really put up any points off the bench, they need to combine, honestly, for like 70 to 80 points. They both need to put up like 30-plus points. So Nuggets minus Seven, we've got no problem. We love this new Aaron Gordon Nuggets team. They all get it done, and they'll get it done tonight. Today, 3 o'clock. Uh, so Nuggets minus 7, our first selection. Alrighty, then we get uh, Pelicans, Cavs. Pelicans minus 6.5, Cavs plus 6.5. Alrighty, is Jared Allen finally back? Because I'm ready to see this man play out here again. Alright, for the Pelicans, Josh Hart is out. Alonzo Ball is out, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker is out as well. So they're going to have, like, no guards. Who's going to facilitate the floor out there? Um, and then for the Cavs, Larry Nance Jr. is out. Dylan Windler is a game-time decision, and Jared Allen is still out. Gosh darn him. So... We'll see how the Pelicans do. We'll stay away from it. Not having, you know, a facilitator out there. Who are they going to rely on? Eric Bledsoe? He's going to be the facilitator on the floor? Good luck. Truly, good luck. But uh, we'll stay away from this one. They, the Pelicans should have no trouble. But uh, we'll stay away from it. Alrighty, Bucks Magic, Bucks minus eight and a half, Magic plus eight and a half. Can the Bucks finally all play some game? I mean, they've taken like three games off now. What are we doing here? Um, I mean, you're just kind of giving away the. You're just kind of uh, just getting that third seed now. I mean, there's really no way that the Bucks can kind of make up the number two or number one seed now, being kind of three and a half games back from that number two and one seed. Uh, I don't know what they're doing out here. Everybody resting. What is that about? But uh, let's see if they're all back here. Brooke Lopez, game time decision. Drew Holiday, game time decision. Chris Middleton, game time decision. PJ Tucker, game time decision. Giannis, game time decision. Dante DiVincenzo, game time decision. So hopefully they're all playing now. Jeez, they're taking enough games off, especially Giannis. Get your ass back in that starting lineup, um, especially if you want to be MVP. What are, what are we talking about now? Alrighty, for the Magic, doesn't matter. I mean, they'll have next man up mentality. Um, but here we go. Otto Porter is out. Mo Bamba, game time decision. Kareem Main, game time decision. So I guess we'll stay away from it. I'm assuming everybody's going to be playing in this game for the Bucks. They're minus eight and a half, but uh, we'll stay away from it. Let's see how everybody gets on the floor and, you know, reestablish their rhythm together. So we'll stay away from it. Then we get Bulls and the Timberwolves. Oh, oh, potential good value here. Bulls minus four, Timberwolves plus four. All righty. Now, the Bulls have just lost their first game on their kind of win streak with Vucevic in the lineup. So, you know, they are, you know, still not invisible, invincible out here. Uh, for the Bulls, just Garrett Temple's a game-time decision. And then for the Timberwolves, Malik Beasley's out. Alrighty, we do like this Timberwolves team because, you know, D'Angelo Russell's back and we like that big three. I'm assuming D'Angelo Russell is going to be starting this game. He's had two games to kind of get acclimated, you know, back into game shape, coming off the bench, but he's been playing more minutes than Ricky Rubio this last game, so I expect them to make the switch to D'Angelo Russell to the starting rotation, Ricky Rubio coming off the bench, and I still think that's going to be great, but I'm going to ride with the Bulls. I'm going to kind of see how they respond to this loss, if they can get back on track. Let's see if this Bulls team is really good or if maybe they're just still pretenders even after the trade deadline of them making the moves. So we'll take the Bulls minus four, but I'm um, definitely interested to see how this one plays out, but we are going to bet on this Bulls team tonight. 
Alrighty, then we get the Spurs and the Mavs. Spurs plus six, Mavs minus six. Alrighty, probably going to stay away from this one, but we'll see. Uh, Spurs, Georges Diang is out, and Trey Lyles is out. And then for the Mavericks, J.J. Redick still a game-time decision. Willie Colney-Stein, game-time decision. Maxi Kleber, game-time decision. And Tyrell Terry, a game-time decision. So we're going to stay away from this one just because I never know what I'm getting with the Spurs team. I could get a great defensive night where they cover the spread, or I could not. I mean, literally, I just cannot. I don't like betting on the Spurs, and I don't like betting against the Spurs as well. So we'll stay away from this one with the six-point spread. Alrighty, next game up is the Pacers and the Grizzlies, and oh my goodness, great value, I see it. Here we go, Pacers plus three and a half, Grizzlies minus three and a half, and I'm loving the Grizzlies right now, folks. Let's see if everybody's good to go here for the Pacers. Uh, Miles Turner's a game-time decision, so we, we'll see if he's back in the starting lineup. And then for the Grizzlies, what do we got? Justice Winslow is out, DeAnthony Melton is out, unfortunately, for their bench. John Tay Porter, a game-time decision, and Jaron Jackson is out as well. So, Grizzlies coming off their loss against the Knicks, where they really should have won in overtime, but I'm ready to see this Grizzlies team get back on track. I love it. Um, uh, especially if the uh, the Pacers, I don't like the Pacers. Y'all know how I feel about this team. They don't show us anything great. Grizzlies coming off kind of a little bit of an embarrassing loss there against the Knicks. I'll have them on the bounce back. Let's see if this Grizzlies team is for real. We've been talking them up because they got, you know, three games above 500, but then they just lost. So we know the classic trend of the Grizzlies. You know, they only, everything, they take one step forward, they take a step back. That's literally the Grizzlies. So we thought they kind of broke that streak ever since they got on that three games above 500 streak, but then they just lost uh, their last game against the Knicks, leaving a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth, but we're going to see what the Grizzlies are made of in this game, and we'll bet them here with the minus three and a half. Alrighty, then we get the Raptors and the Knicks. Raptors plus three, Knicks minus three. Is everybody for this Raptors team back now? Kyle Lowry, a game-time decision. Fred Van Vliet, a game-time decision, so hopefully they're back to go now. Now for the Knicks, just uh, Mitchell Robinson is out and John Henson is out. So they've got everybody going to rock there. So we'll stay away from this one. We know the Raptors just had a really great win last night against the Cavs. Everybody getting it done. The next man, next man up mentality really got there. Uh, but now when we got Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry back in, let's see them kind of get reacclimated. So we'll stay away from this game and just learn from it. Then we get the Pistons in the Clippers. Pistons plus 12, Clippers minus 12. Definitely not taking the Pistons plus 12, I'll tell you that. Rodney Magruder out or game time decision for the Pistons and Jeremy Grant a game time decision and then for the Clippers Rondo game time decision Patrick Beverly is out we know that Serge Ibaka is still out oh Kawhi Leonard is out for rest so gonna stay away from this one because it's a load management game and then the last game of the night the Heat and the Blazers man oh man man oh man here it is Heat minus one Blazers minus one uh, Victor Oladipo is out we know he's out for this road trip um, Tyler Hero, a game-time decision for the Heat as well. And then for the Blazers, just Zach Collins out. But we're going to rock with this Blazers team plus one. This is a must-win game for the Blazers. They cannot keep losing games against kind of, you know, the – average well the above average and up teams they need to start winning I'm telling you last week was the worst week for this Blazers team losing against the Bucks the Jazz and the Clippers and kind of getting blown out in those games really left a bad taste in our mouths we took them out of the top 10 in our power rankings which crushed me to my core um but 
I got I gotta I gotta wait for the bounce back game. Now the Blazers are on a back to back, but I mean, what was their game last night? The Pistons. I mean, is that really even a game? <clears throat> so want to see this Blazers win this game? Gonna bet that they do. Let's see if they get this win here. Now this Heat team. I mean, this is a good competition for this Blazers team. There's no reason why they should get blown out here against the Heat, but there are reasons why they should win. I mean, they they do match up kind of decently. I mean, both these teams are pretty deep here. Both got great starting lineups. Both have, you know, shooters all over the floor. Um, and both have the good bigs. But uh, I hope Ennis Cantor still stays in this starting lineup. We know Yusuf Nurchich is back. But, man, oh, man, have that man come off the bench, man. Ennis Cantor, he's got more experience this season in the starting rotation. Nurchich is not looking in sync with that squad when he's out there with the starters. So just acclimate him slightly into the starting rotation. Let Ennis Cantor work. The man just had 30 rebounds last night. Come on. Um, so Blazers plus one. We're going to see if they can get back on track, and we're betting that they do. All right, so our moneymaker for tonight, Nuggets minus 7, Bulls minus 4, Grizzlies minus 3.5, and, and the Blazers plus 1. All righty, now let's head over to our NFL Draft Prospect of the Day. We are on a 73-day countdown up until the NFL Draft. We are on day 58 of that draft countdown, looking at a draft prospect every single day. And today's draft prospect we're looking at is Greg Nuseb II. So we'll break down his stats, look at some film, and see if our team should be drafting this man. Should this be the first cornerback taken in the draft? Let's see what we got here. So here we go. Greg Newsome, cornerback from Northwestern, 6'1", 190. So he's got the good size there. 6'1", can match up against the tall receivers in the league. like to see that. Alrighty, let's see what we get here with the stats. Here we go. Three years at Northwestern, but let's preface it by saying, I mean, man, oh man, this man's been injured every single mother-loving season. 2018 only played eight or six games. 2019 only played eight games. And then in 2020, only played three games, got injured in the Big Ten Championship game. So not great. Um, very injury prone, injured every single season. So that is a definite a red flag that comes up with drafting this man. But let's see if his stats, let's see if his film kind of just, you know, put the put, you know, maybe a little bit of a bigger green flag to kind of drown out that red flag a little bit. No, no, no. You're not seeing a red flag over there. I just see the green. Oh my god, the stats are looking real great. So let's see what this man's got. Here we go. Freshman year, 2018, only playing six games. He had 23 total tackles, no interceptions. Four pass defenses. That's what I'm about. Uh, no fumble recoveries or forced fumbles. Alrighty. Got to a bowl game in 2018. We'll look at those at the end uh, when we're done with the stats here. Uh, but here we go. 2019 for Northwestern. Played eight games. So got a little better there. 36 total tackles. Nine pass defenses. One fumble recovery. Still no interceptions. But got a little better. Uh, you know, the more games he's playing. And then just this season, 2020, only playing three games, 12 tackles, one interception, finally got his first pick here, seven pass defenses as well, alrighty, in only three games, so making, you know, a season's worth of kind of stats in only three games, that's what I like to see. Alrighty, now let's look at some of these bowl games here, 2018, he got to a bowl game, let's see if he even played in the bowl game, he did, alrighty, what is this one, why'd they get into two, what is this one, Big Ten Championship game, and then what did they get here in... What do they do against Utah? What is this? The Holiday Bowl? Oh, okay. All right. Championship game, then bowl game. All right. So here we go. 2018 is freshman year. The bowl, the Big Ten Championship game against Ohio State, they lost. He had three tackles, no interceptions, no pass defense, nothing like that. And they gave up 45 points to Ohio State. Not great. 14 points in the fourth quarter. All righty. 
So not great there defensively by our man, uh, Greg Newsom. All right, then they get to a bowl game against Utah, and they get the win. Three tackles for him, and he had a pass defense. No interceptions uh, for that man, but let's see what they did defensively. Held Utah to 20 points. Held them to no points in the third and fourth quarter. So the second half, Utah couldn't score at all, and that's why they win the game. So very well done by Greg Newsom to get it done defensively as a team out there to win the bowl games. That's what we're talking about. All right, 2019, he only played eight games, and they didn't get to a bowl game. So that's pretty decent, you know, not winning without him, we would say. Let's see what the record was. They played 11 games and went 3-9. All right, well, they weren't winning with him anyway. <laughs> they only, I mean, he did play eight games, and they still went 3-9 in those uh, over the course of those 11 games. All so not great there in 2019. And then in 2020, they got to a bowl game, but he did not play in the bowl game. So let's see if the Northwestern, Won the bowl game that he did not play in because that would not be a great sign either. So let's see what would they get here. Northwestern, their bowl game this season, 2020. Alrighty, the Big Ten Championship game against Ohio State, they lose. Once again, they just cannot beat Ohio State. And, you know, that's a given. I mean, we know Ohio State is great every year. Um, so Big Ten Championship game against Ohio State, they lose. And they give up 22 points. So not bad defensively, only giving up 22 points. Uh, but then they get to a bowl game still, and they beat Auburn. Not great, and they held them to 19 points. So defensively, they kind of made it work. Held Ohio State to 22 points. That's still real good defensively. Um, and then, you know, beating Auburn in the bowl game and only holding them to 19 points. So not great in the stat column. Obviously, just because he hasn't played a lot of games, there's really no great production out there. Um 2019, I mean, the defense was just trashed that year, and then just this year, they won the bowl game without him. Not the greatest. And he only played three games here in 2020, and Northwestern still went 7-2. and two. So, not the greatest there. If you're that important to the team, if you're that valuable, you're still not going to be winning games. So, not the greatest here, stat-wise, for Greg Newsom. But let's see if the film changes our mind at all. Alrighty, so here we go. <clears throat> Alrighty, here we go. Nice little three-minute highlight package of Greg Newsom, cornerback from Northwestern. Let's get the number on him just in case we have to follow him around on the field. Number 2019, or it was number two here. We should be, I think, is this his career? It may be career highlights here. So, number two for 2019 and 2020, and number 29 for 2018. So, let's follow this man around the field. Let's look how this man is looking on the field. The stats just... Just all right. Just a little meh. But let's see what we get out here on the films. Here we go. Greg Newsom, cornerback from Northwestern. All righty. First play up here against Wisconsin. Number 10 ranked Wisconsin this season. Oh, and they're trying to hit a little bit of a comeback route. And there he is with the pick. Yes, sir. Great tight coverage on the wide receiver on a little bit of a comeback. Uh, Wisconsin was down 10 in the fourth quarter. And look at him make a break on this ball. Two feet down, secured that catch. That is a pick. Yes, sir. Look at him just break on the ball. Bad throw. I mean, you know, throwing that kind of, you know, inside comeback route. It could be a little dangerous. And Greg Newsom makes him pay. All right, once again against Wisconsin. Going deep. Pass breakup forces him out of bounds. Yes, sir. Incomplete pass on the goal line. Do we get a replay of this? Or are we going to have to do it ourselves? Here we go. Look at this in slow motion. Loses track of the ball slightly at the end, but still plays the defender perfectly. 
forcing him towards the boundary, kind of pushing him as he's coming back down, breaks out the ball at the last second, and that's an incomplete in the goal and the end zone. Absolutely fantastic. All right, now Nebraska going deep on this man. He says, no, 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 what are you doing? Testing me a great pass defense here, breaking out off the ball at the last second. And really, look at how great defensively he is here. He's really step for step. He's literally all over this receiver while not getting pass interference. I mean, that is great technique right there. Literally running for him. Literally running. Like, you can't, you can't, look at this. They're literally right on top of each other this entire way. And he's still not getting pass interference. That is great work out there by Greg Newsom out here. I mean, folks. This is, uh, folks, look at this. The last five yards, the last like seven yards are literally step for step, stride for stride, and he breaks it up at the last second. Magnificent work out there. Well done. Wow, that's great. Holy cow, that's great. All right, here we go against Michigan now. What do we got? Michigan with the little pump fake. He doesn't bite on it. And then he's able to break up the ball. This is fantastic, folks. Look at this throw again. Watch. The quarterback for Michigan State here is going to pump fake and try to throw him off because he's pump faking to this side on the man with the double move. The wide receiver at the top of the screen with the double move. And Greg Newsom is all over it. So watch him not fight. Watch him not bite on that pump fake. There he is staying stride for stride with them. And then able to break it up at the last second. Very well done. Even though he didn't have great position, he kind of got boxed out a little bit. Able to play up high. High, play up high. He's 6'1 and can still play up high still. And then he's able to break up the ball uh, at the last second for the incompletion. Alrighty, against Purdue now. Breaking up the ball. Trying to hit a receiver over the middle. There he goes. Breaking it up. Incomplete. Incomplete. Yes, sir. Very well done. What's next up now? Against Michigan State again. You're going to try him again? Going to try him again? No pump fake? And that's the problem. No pump fake. Just tries to hit him on a nice little just out route there on the long side of the field. And that gives Greg Newsom all the time to kind of come back, break up the ball. Very well done. Incomplete pass. All right, against Nebraska now. Little slant route. What? Third and five? I know the slant's coming. Plays it perfectly. Breaks up the ball. Hits the receiver as the ball's coming to jar it loose. Get physical right at that point of attack. And that's what I'm loving. Locking it down there. Not picking up the first. Force, first Forcing them to punt. Let's get it. All righty. I'm loving this man already. Against Michigan State again. Comeback route. No, sir. Broken up all day. Third and ten. Go and punt the ball on that first possession. Already against Michigan State as well. I mean, this man owns Michigan State. Quarterback trying to just a little dump off there to the running back in the kind of safety valve route, and he's able to break it up. I mean, he doesn't even break it up. The defender just drops it because he knows he's about to get smacked by Greg Newsom. I mean, look at this. He has to jump up high, expose his body. He knows Greg Newsom's barreling down. I mean, he's like, Michigan quarterback, why'd you make me go up and get this ball? Damn, I'm about to get hit, man. I'm about to get hit. I'm going to try to catch it, and he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. Oh, man, Greg Newsom. Yes, sir. A force to be reckoned with. All right, against Stanford now. Oh, my God. The quarterback just drops the ball out here. And there he is at the right place at the right time. And, oh, damn, he couldn't break it all the way for the scoop and score. But, hey, just playing at the right time. Sees that the ball is free. Able to kind of scoop it up and continue to kind of run with it to get, you know, what was that, 10 extra yards there. All right, here we go in the red zone against Michigan State. And we know how this one's going to get played out, right? He owns Michigan State. He owns the red zone. Yes, sir. Great job there. 
tough throw to make because he's so well covered and no real chance here. Bad ball. Great breakup, I guess, at the end, maybe. Ooh, little wheel route action here by Nebraska on third and nine, and he comes up and makes an absolute big old hit there. Oh, my God. Sending the receiver flying like two yards backwards on this hit. Yes, sir. Great hit stick. Love it. Woof. Great coverage ability. Great hit stick. Alrighty, on fourth and one, they shut it down. He's able to shut it down here against Michigan. Michigan, Michigan State, if you're in Michigan, he's ready to kind of destroy you. Here it is. Watch this man just kind of get that big hit, force him back. Uh, he was the first one there, folks. He was the first one there to hit the point of attack to stop this fourth and inches, fourth and one stop run up the middle. Yes, sir. Oof. If you could stop fourth and one by yourself, basically, yes, sir. Alrighty, nice little swing pass to uh, the running back in the backfield. And he's able to get like maybe one or two yards, but he's able to bring him down. Surefire tackle out there in the open field on the running backs. Absolutely magnificent. Alrighty, Greg Newsom kind of won me over a little bit. Now the only thing that we have to really kind of take into consideration is the injuries. How much How much of an impact are those injuries? Injured every single season. I mean, he never even played a full season. I mean, folks, look at this. You know, six games his first season, eight games his second season. Season, three games his last season so injuries man definitely holding this man back but everything that we just saw out on the field I absolutely love it step for step on all those receivers he's got the speed to keep up with them he can you know play the ball at the last second he can you know break out he can break up the pass before it even gets kind of in the hands of the receivers he can break up the ball after it's in the hands of the receivers he can force you out of bounds if you somehow catch the ball over him and he's able to kind of get some nice big hits as well in the open field so very 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 well done by Greg Newsom winning us over. It's just, do we take the risk with the injuries? That's the only big knock on him. And we are a little deep here at cornerback in the draft. So, I mean, uh, we're obviously going to take these other players. I'm kind of blanking on some of these names real quick. Um, cornerbacks 2021 draft. Let me just look it up real quick. Refresh us a little bit. <clears throat> Um, corners. What? What? Twenty. Uh, Twenty nine SEC standouts. That's not what I googled, man. I said corners. CBs. All right, here we go. Position rankings. I guess I got to go to CBS Sports, and this isn't even loading. I ain't got all day to wait. This is a. This is a live show. Um. All right, here we go. Let's go to corners. Alrighty, Caleb Fairley, Patrick Sutton, there it is, Asante Samuel, J.C. Horn, I was a big fan of J.C. Horn, Caleb Fairley's looking real good, so when we're kind of, you know, comparing Greg Newsom, where do they have him even ranked, where is CBS ranking this man, um, Greg Newsom, oh my god, am I missing him, or is he not even some of these top players out here, holy cow, they have him ranked low, low, Low. So much low. I don't even think he's on here. Wild. Wow. They said, oh, injuries? <laughs> you only played like four games all, <laughs> all four years? Uh, yeah, wow. Am I missing him, Greg Newsom? 
They don't even have, and they and they ranked the cornerbacks up here. The last cornerback on this list that we see is Daryl Hall at number one eighty three, folks. Wow. Oh, I like I like Greg Newsom. <laughs> if that's a silver lining for the man, but uh, CBS is not in love with the man. Not good. So definitely gotta be healthy. The health is injuries are definitely holding him back there. Alrighty, that is going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. We're back tomorrow live, noon Eastern, to do it all again. A new NFL draft prospect of the day, breaking down all the stories that happened and breaking down the NBA from last night. So join us back tomorrow live, noon Eastern, or whenever you watch. If you want to watch a little bit later, that's fine. I've got no problem with that. They're up on the podcasting platforms. They're up on YouTube. No worries. Alrighty, so we're back tomorrow live, noon Eastern. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.